the late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. We're throwing it down. The countdown to kickoff is on. Bring it on. Countdown to puck drop is on. Bring it on. I'm excited about both of them. The Los Angeles Rams now getting six and a half points against the Green Bay Packers. Total 45 and a half. A little bit of line movement. The Buffalo Bills now lay two to the Baltimore Ravens. It was a one and a half. Now back up to two. Total keeps climbing. Got the 50 and a half uh, right now. No movement as far as the dog pound is concerned. The Cleveland Browns still getting an even 10 spot against the Kansas City Chiefs team that hasn't beaten anybody by more than six points dating back to November the 1st when they beat uh, the New York Jets. But hey, who has it? Uh, the Browns and Chiefs total sits at uh, 56 and a half. I think there was a 56 uh, on the board earlier in the day. So a little bit of movement as far as the total is concerned. And the New Orleans Saints, Nolens, Nolens uh, laying uh, three points. You know what? We don't want to wear out uh, our welcome with our guests, but I tell you what, if the Saints win this week, which I think they will, then we've got to get Mike Dettelier on the show again uh, moving forward. Uh, but we've got some quality guests uh, this evening on the program, including ESPN hockey analyst Barry Melrose, former head coach of the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, Barry Melrose steps up in and uh, joins us this evening as we talk pucks on um, the, the eve of the, um, the puck drop. And every time I say puck drop, i got to stop that because... I'm going to say something else that, that like, rhymes with puck soon, and I'm going to screw it up at some point in time, and I'm going to offend, like, one of our affiliates in, like, Charlotte or something. Um, so I better be careful. They're dropping the puck. You know, I, I don't think I can screw that. I don't think I can drop an F-bomb mixed in in there. I, I probably could. Uh, but, yeah, we're fired up uh, for this. We're going to break it down. Andrew McInnes is going to step up. And then Wager Talk Sports Memo repping tonight, Steve. Uh, Merrill, Andrew McInnes. We got Barry Melrose. So um, we're, we're going to run the gauntlet, man. We're going to talk college basketball, NBA basketball, NFL football, NHL hockey. And uh, we'll also talk about some dude that evidently has $220 million worth of Bitcoin uh, stockpiled. Yet, he's only got two more cracks at getting in. Evidently, he doesn't know his password. And listen, I'm not a Bitcoin expert, but I think those Bitcoin passwords are kind of complicated. I don't think they're just like four digits and stuff. Like, there's no customer service with Bitcoin, right? Isn't that, like, kind of the whole point of it? This guy really can't lose $220 million, can he? Late-night anger management class, bring it. You can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, or the Internet. A technology grand. Keep it here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports talk stations were cars. We'd be the one that you drove the wheels off of in high school, cruising for chicks and going to the game on Friday nights, then forgetting where you parked it till Saturday morning and you had to get your buddy to drive you around looking for it. I think I see it, man. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Oh, yeah, it's all set. They got the bug boy out. The bug boy. The little fella's been riding his heart out. They're going to break his maiden. Really? But it's a little slow out there. It rained last night. Oh, this baby loves the slop. Loves it. Eats it up. Eats the slop. Born the slop. His father was a mutter. His father was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. What did I just say? The 
late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Berenci, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the Bitcoiners, the degenerates, and everybody else in between. You're kicking it, Sirius XM, Channel 204. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates in the late night hours uh, as uh, well. We've got some great uh, guests this evening, including Barry Melrose, ESPN hockey analyst. Of course, uh, hockey feds know him. Uh, for the great uh, Los Angeles Kings uh, run to the Stanley Cup uh, Finals when they lost to the Montreal Canadiens in 1993. So we'll talk hockey uh, with um, Barry Melrose. We'll talk a little pucks. Uh, we'll talk some pucks with Andrew McInnes, wager talk. And although Steve Merrill's not known for his hockey handicapping, Steve Merrill, of course, is a lifelong Washington Capitals uh, fan. One of the, the, the only team, actually, if you think about it, that hasn't changed their name in Washington. They've, they've been the Capitals. And you know what? After what happened uh, earlier this week, that might be offensive now, Steve. They'll say, you know what? We better change our name, man. No more of the Washington Capitals. But think about it. Football team changed their name? The Washington Bullets? What is it with Washington with you guys and your damn names? <laughs> you, know, you know what, Gabe? That, that's a great point because uh, the other day I was out and a guy had a uh, Capitals mask on, you know, a face mask for the uh, COVID stuff. And I was thinking that's a pretty cool look mask, and that did cross my mind. I think it was maybe Sunday or Saturday or Sunday I saw it, and I was thinking, you know, Capitals, that's not a controversy name because it, it must have been Saturday because the Redskins were playing that night, so it's on my mind, of course. And then I realized it's spelled with an A instead of an O, but I'm so conscious of nicknames now, and um, that did cross my mind that it's Capitals, Capitol, and then um, I never thought about it, but you're right, the baseball team technically has changed their name as well. I never thought about them being the only one that hasn't changed it. Yeah, exactly. Except that now that that might be the worst one of them all. To me, the whole bullets thing well, it's was felt uh, different. That's yeah, I guess yeah, but it's a play. I mean, Steve, they have it on one of their damn jerseys. It's on the alternate jersey. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they have an alternate jersey with like the capital bullet. So it's not like they're they're running from it. I you know I totally uh, I totally get what you're saying. But the Washington bullets, like I said, like look, dude. Superman says faster than a speeding bullet, right? Like bullets just meant fast. It didn't mean like shoot someone in the face. No, it's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, that was silly. Right? Look, we, we've always, we've talked about it numerous times. Redskins is not a good term. I've never said it is. My, my take, what irritates me is the people that like say how it's awful to say it now when for 75 years they never said a word, you know? It's always been a bad term. No one disagrees with that. Uh, but it still was the name. There was no ill intent for the last 70-plus years. Um, but, yeah, Bullets was silly. I mean, it was one of the murder capitals of the country. I guess that's the reason. Um, I want to get your thoughts. I mean, Indians is gone. We've talked about Blackhawks before. It'd actually be interesting maybe to ask Barry Melrose about Blackhawks. I've heard that's on the chopping block, and I've heard even Kansas City Chiefs uh, and Atlanta Braves might be as well. Chiefs would be ridiculous. I mean, I don't know how that's offensive. And even Braves, I don't think, is offensive either. I mean, it's a Indians is Technically not a politically correct term, I guess. So I get that. But Braves and Chiefs, um, I feel like that's going a little too far. Yeah, you know what? I wouldn't even have a problem. And as I stated, like, for Cleveland, they call themselves the tribe. You know what I mean? If you, you know, whatever. But as well, you stated, yeah. I don't, you know, they, sh they should change their name. I don't have a problem uh, with that. But the Chicago Blackhawks have never felt heat. Like, they're, it's not offensive. Like, their logo isn't offensive. The name Blackhawks. You know, it's just, it's different. Um, you know, like the Blackhawks have never really been called, uh, pulled in, pulled into this. So we're kicking it with Steve Merrill, wager talk. So Steve, 
I don't know. Have, did you get in on the Bitcoin? Are you a Bitcoin guy, Steve? Yeah, I've actually, um, I, I was not a believer two years ago when it hit 20,000. Um, I really didn't have much of an opinion, but it did look like a bubble. Um, and it dropped down, you know, 10, 8, 7,000 over the next year or so. Um, this time when it started to run, I, I thought in the fall when it was around 10,000 kind of hovering, I did tell several people, I actually did a podcast um, this summer we talked about it. I actually did want to wager talk last month with a guy from a hedge fund. We haven't released it yet because there's so much football. We've been waiting for kind of the quiet season game on December 7th. And he and I both talked about how there's a lot of upside in Bitcoin. And I think it was like 19,000 at the time when we did that. So I do have audio proof yeah. of saying Bitcoin could run. <laughs> Unfortunately, we haven't made that public yet, but it will be out at some point. But um, yeah, I mean, my take on it this fall, the reason I thought there was some real good risk reward to the upside is just with the inflation that's coming. Um, you can't keep printing money like the U.S. government is doing without some kind of consequence. And it's going to hit the fan at some point. And um, uh, something like Bitcoin is kind of a, a great hedge against inflation. Now, with that said, I'm not saying go buy now at 33000 when it was 40000 just a few days ago. It's really run. But um, yeah, the risk reward on that was a really good trade this fall. You know there'll be another bump moving forward uh, with it, though. As you stated, we're living in a big bubble uh, right now. So can you imagine this? And we've all been there. We've all forgotten a password before, right? And, you know, it's frustrating Like you know, when you try to get into a, you, you to get into a sports book, you know, and you're like, damn, I haven't played at this book in a while. But, oh, man, and I'm blocked. And like, you're like, I know, I think I have 300 bucks in here. I'm trying to get into this account. Well, you know, we've all been frustrated at one point time in our lives as far as a password is concerned. But this story just blows my mind. So, Steve, this is a true story. Um, He's a guy in San Francisco. New York Times uh, did the story. If you ever thought you had a bad experience with a forgotten password, well, San Francisco-based programmer Stefan Thomas from Germany is now two guesses away from losing $220 million dollars and Bitcoin. According to the New York Times, Thomas is just one of many Bitcoin investors that have forgotten security keys in their digital wallets as the cryptocurrency breaks uh, broke the $33,000 mark. Now, this is crazy. A hundred, uh, this is what's uh, nuts. Some reports that uh, nearly one out of five Bitcoins are permanently lost with a total value of the lost Bitcoins to believe nearly $140 billion. So this guy, during the infancy of Bitcoin, Thomas was given 7,000 coins by an early investor for making a video form explaining the currency. Well, not a bad deal, man. The guy made a video and got $220 million in Bitcoin. As the cryptocurrency reached a new staggering high, Thomas looked to access his digital wallet. Yeah, no kidding. What, what it took you to get to 220? Like, <laughs> took you to get to 220? What, did you forget about it? Uh, as the cryptocurrency reached a new staggering high, Thomas looked to access his digital wallet. But after eight incorrect guesses, he came to the realization that he doesn't know the password. It's important to note that the wallet that Thomas uh, is using to hold his Bitcoin features a system that wipes the wallet after 10 incorrect guesses. With just two more attempts, wow. Thomas has put his hard drive away while he seeks out another way to access his Bitcoin. Dear God, talk about pressure, Steve. Like, that's like suicide type stuff. Like, and I, I, I shouldn't say, I'm not trying to, like, you know, I'm just telling you, like, people have jumped off of balconies for worse, Steve. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
Well, I mean, two ways to look at this. It's still he's still out zero because he never put anything in free money to do maybe what a couple hours of work. Of course, I'm sure that's not it, nor should he. But um, I will say, look from an from an odds and probability, I'll give him some advice. If it's really two more guesses, he's doing the right thing. Assume it never expires if he doesn't get locked out, right? So he needs to wait. I mean, and hope there's some solution in the future as far as not necessarily divine intervention as far as figuring out the key. Because I don't think it's just a passcode, like you said. It's probably some kind of combination of letters and numbers, which he never set. Um, but let, he has to hope that that wallet ends up with some kind of customer service or something down the road. That's there insane. Um, it, it reminds me, Gabe, of like, you know, guys that worked for Google back in 99 and 2000. They took company stock, you know, initially instead of payment and became millionaires off of that. Hey, look, it's a great yeah. life lesson. You're a little sweat equity, man. You never know. You hit those home runs. And that's what I was talking about with Bitcoin. The risk reward, the upside was unlimited. Like the playing, downside was not that much. And it's a home run. It's like playing money line. It's like playing money line underdog. Sports rates late night. Can Daniels bring it? <laughs> Coming at you all day, every day, with more attitude than other lesser networks would deem appropriate. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to the source of live odds, line, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. But we just call it the winning edge. Keep it here. There's plenty to go around. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. My name's Bobby and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Okay, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. Late Night Anger Management Class continues. I am Gable Brency, kicking it. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates, video platform, Sirius XM, Channel 204 included. Steve Merrill from uh, Wager Talk jo- uh, joining us right now. We've got Andrew McKinnis stepping up in a little bit uh, later on. We're going to talk some pucks, football, uh, we've got Barry Melrose, ESPN hockey analyst, former head coach of the Los Angeles Kings, uh, joining us later. So we're just talking about this dude. Too, and I almost feel nervous for him. I had a bad beat tonight with Syracuse, uh, plus five, losing by six. But, man, I'm nervous for this guy just imagining the pressure. And it's one of those deals, Steve, like, you know, you can't find your keys or something. It's always the last place you look. Like, this guy's got to, like, do some acid or, like, magic mushrooms or something. And honestly, like, just go, like, go sit, like, on the Golden Gate Bridge for, like, two hours. <laughs> like, 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 do something, like, you know what I mean? Do something that's completely crazy. And, and then you'll be like, oh, my God, I remember what it is. I remember what it is. Because it was years ago. But this is amazing, okay? And I brought this up, Steve. When I lived in Vegas, I saw, I, I, I heard about this dude. And what he did was he went to every casino every day. And he just did the tour. He went to every casino every day, and he literally picked up every ticket that he could get his hands on. Every ticket he can get his hands on. And he would walk by the slot machines, and you guys would be amazed how many people. And it's little, Steve, right? I've done it myself. I've been wasted before in Vegas. I've been drunk. 
and, you know, I won $3.87 at the slot machine, I don't take it out of the thing. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Or I might hit it or you're drunk and you forget. But it's amazing. So $35 million, the casinos on average a year in Las Vegas make in unclaimed winnings, unclaimed sports tickets, <laughs> unclaimed slots, unclaimed horse tickets. And so a guy in Vegas, Steve, he, he did the tour every day. And you know what his mistake was? He did an interview with the newspaper. <laughs> about it yes I was gonna he say. didn't interview he did an interview with the newspaper about it and he admitted that he was making about 75 80k a year every year doing this you know what i mean and he remained anonymous but they were on to it and then they reminded people that an unclaimed ticket on a casino floor is the casino property but I've, you know, I've read about this, Steve. I know about it in Vegas. So $35 million the state of Nevada and the casinos made in uh, 2016. Unclaimed winnings, and it's the same amount of number uh, on, on an annual basis this year. Obviously, there's no one in the casinos. So it's different. But same thing, guys. You know, with prepaid credit cards, hundreds of millions of dollars a year they make off that stuff. In which people, Steve, will get like gift cards and, and like prepaid credit cards. And they'll purchase stuff, but there'll be 87 cents left. There'll be a dollar 14 left, right? There'll be two bucks left. And it's hard to make a purchase. You know, what are you going to do? You're going to go into a store and buy a Coca-Cola? Use your card? Well, you should, because the, those prepaid credit card companies uh, are making hundreds of millions of dollars a year in unclaimed uh, money, Steve. And it's amazing. $140 billion a year of unclaimed bitcoin that gets lost in the system that's unbelievable steve think about sports books bro how many online sports books right now out there people have accounts in they don't know they forgot this and that i guarantee you sports books make a lot of money in the same way well yeah and just think on average you know if someone's got five or ten bucks left in their own you know their offshore account it's not enough for like a normal wager they probably just leave it i would think that adds up when there's tens of thousands of customers in each account, you know, at each book. Um, there's actually a really good website out there. Um, someone's recommended over the years. I, I keep hearing them talk about it. It's, I don't have the exact URL, but I'm sure you can Google it. It's like, it's a U.S. government site. It's unclaimed funds or whatever. It's actually run by the government. You can find a ton of stuff that's on average, like 50 to hundred dollars a person. I think sometimes thousands, like either, you know, tax payments they didn't get or some kind of property that was sent to them that they never received. Um, yeah, there's a lot of free money sitting out there for sure. Oh, yeah, it is. It is unbelievable. You're right. Unclaimed lottery winnings and stuff like that. <laughs> unclaimed, unclaimed lottery uh, tickets, sportsbook tickets. And in fact, and in fact, I placed a sports, I placed a bet, Steve, on the Raptors to win a division last year. All right. And the pandemic hit and then everything got all whacked out. I still have the ticket. I still have the ticket. The ticket is good for a year from the day that I played it. I played it January 30th. So I got to cash this ticket. <laughs> the Raptors suck this year, but yeah. I'm still cashing a ticket from last year on them. <laughs> still still, uh, still, still cashing a ticket on them. But boy, do the Raptors ever blow. But uh, I think they're going to turn it around a bit. Uh, let me ask you, Steve. So you know who doesn't suck? How about my Michigan Wolverines? You know, some teams will have gaudy records, but they're not really that good. Or it's like, man, they played a lot of close games or this and that. But you look at Michigan, Steve, 11-0, and 
11 and all on the season, 9 and 2 against the spread, and absolutely kicking the crap out of uh, the Big Ten competition. Yeah, let's hope the. Um... The college basketball season continues. Uh, the NBA, of course, met today, and you know they've had some cancellations. I actually had one college basketball slated for tonight. Got it up nice and early because I knew the line was going to move, and it was Tennessee. And Vanderbilt comes out with COVID issues this morning; they get scratched. So it started to hit me. That's the first time that's happened to me in college hoops, and it was this after this evening that it happened. Um, but yeah, Michigan. You know, uh, right now I've got them as a as a one, maybe a two seed at worst, but maybe a one seed of the tournament is to begin. I think they're legit. They're good at both sides of the court. Um, in fact, if you look at the efficiency rating, there's only about three or four teams in the country right now that are top 12, both offense and defensive efficiency, and Michigan is one of them. So uh, they're a pretty balanced team. What did you make of tonight's uh, card, uh, Steve? It was a lot of big-time games. Oklahoma State beats Kansas tonight. Thought it was interesting. Alabama, of course, gets it done on the grid last night and then steps up uh, tonight big win. Kentucky had a little mini run going in SEC play. Uh, it was a close game early, uh, but Alabama just pulled away. Yeah, the one game I liked, like I said, you know, it was Tennessee Vandy and the SEC there. Uh, Florida's actually burnt me a couple of times. I'm 21 and 7 on the college season, and two of those losses have been Florida, Gabe. So I'm 21 and 5 in all other games if I just left the damn Gators off my card a couple of times. I hate those guys. Um, yeah, those damn Gators. Um, I used Kansas actually as a few weeks ago. What was it? TCU, they blew out on the road as a six point favorite. So I have picked my spot with teams like Kansas. I did not get involved with that game tonight. And as you said, they lost outright as a road favorite, but I still think Kansas in the right spots um, is a really good team this year. You know, coming off that loss tonight, it might set up some good plays in the future. Uh, NBA basketball uh, this evening. Um, we, we, you know, we've got, um, we saw LeBron James roll into uh, to Houston. They get it done this evening. The Kyrie Irving saga continues. You and I talked about the, you know, there's, there's definitely opportunities and there's definitely spots. Right? There's definitely opportunities and there's definitely spots in the NBA. But, dear God, it really takes a lot of, like, you can wear your fingers out how many times you hit refresh trying to figure out what the NBA starting lineups are, Steve. Right, and, you know, Gabe, we talk about it all the time. The one edge you have is a better. The biggest edge you have is a better, I think, personally, is that you can pick and choose which games you play. And the one disadvantage the odds makers have is that they have to put a number up on every event, every game. Um, and there's just going to be a lot of NBA games this year that I just kind of put a quick red X through because it, I just don't know, especially when I'm trying to release the plays, you know, six, seven, eight hours before game time for my clients. Um, I'm just not going to play the guessing game. Um, for example, like tonight, I was looking at Golden State overnight. Curry's got an ankle injury. I thought he'd play out a lot, but they didn't know if they were going to rest him or not. Um, you know, so that kept me off that game for the most part overnight. Um, I did have the Raptors yesterday on Monday, by the way, as a best bet. Uh, I do think we've somewhat gotten a play on sign with them. You know, they've lost a couple one-point games yeah. now, but obviously they've turned things around and are definitely playing more competitive here on this West Coast trip, so we'll see if that continues or not. I agree with you. I agree with you. And you know what? The Pacers are up 85-82. Um, we're going to jump in here on the, the Pacers to close this game out here uh, tonight. You know, one thing about this game, they didn't play well in the first half, and they were only down by seven. Uh, they were only down by seven, yeah. so... I, you know, I sort of liked, I was like, you know what? The only thing I was wrong about, I thought it would open up a little bit more, but, you know, Golden State just hit the wall in the third quarter, 18 points. And in the second half, 18 points, 18 points in the third and seven in the fourth with uh, six minutes remaining in the basketball game. So 85-82 Pacers uh, right now. We got us a bonus prop over uh, 21 and a half points, and uh, he's at uh, 16 
uh, right now with about six and a half left. So maybe we could maybe we could backdoor that prop uh, right there. But that's you know that's the thing, Steve. It's you know you're exactly right. I don't like the I don't mind last second betting, but after I've done my research all the time, it's sort of like NFL. I already know everything, and it's like, all right, I'm just sort of looking for this line move or that line move. The NBA, it's difficult earlier in the day, and I'm on the air, Steve, and I find myself at like 6.50 just hitting refresh. Oh, my God, this guy's out. This guy's in. Then I got to make a decision on five or ten minutes, and it's not ideal to be betting like that. Right, and it's not even about knowing who's playing. Like, you can know who's playing or who's not playing, Gabe. You still don't know how it's going to affect either team. You know, we talk all the time about that great angle when a star player is out. You actually play on them for the first game or two because they often step up their game. The opponent often, you know, overlooks them. We saw that last week. Remember, the uh, the Jazz were a five-point road favorite at Brooklyn. They lost by 34 when Durant was out. Uh, So even if you know the information, sometimes it's not a real clean handicap. Um, That's why I don't like messing with those games in general. Uh, Steve Merrill kicking with us. Uh, wager talk in the house sports memo dot uh, com. We're going to be taking a break and uh, then we'll uh, get into some football with Mr. Merrill. We'll get his thoughts on the lines uh, right now. Steve joins us later in the week as well. So, no, no, we're not going to lock in picks uh, Merrill right now, but maybe he thinks uh, there's uh, something worth moving on. We'll see what uh, direction Steve thinks these numbers are going to go. I'm actually already surprised that the numbers come down in the Rams game. The Bills aren't getting any respect, and Sunday's games aren't moving at all. Bring it. Come on. Admit it. You do your own play-by-play in your head when you play horse. Don't you? <laughs> you do you, bro. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Sports Grid TV Network is a new streaming video sports channel for you, dedicated to serving the massive fantasy sports and wagering audience. Sports Grid TV is live, free on Vizio SmartCast, with real-time data and expert commentary featuring Pat McAfee, Scott Farrell, Gabe Marinci, Pro Football Doc Dr. David Chow, NFL Insider Adam Kaplan, and more. Simply connect to the Vizio Smart TV video service for instant access to the free sports channels to watch Sports Grid and get the winning edge. That's Sports Grid TV, free on Vizio SmartCast. Sports Grid is available on the radio, internet, TV, satellite, and don't forget our mobile app. So if you're not getting it, you're just not trying. Keep it right here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra tag to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet a hundred bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. Late night anger management class continues. I am Renzi. We'll get into uh, James uh, Harden going off after tonight's uh, basketball uh, game a little bit uh, later on. Let's get into the National Football League right now with Steve Merrill from Wager Talk. Uh, so, Steve, uh, the Rams survived uh, last week. Um, Schottenheimer did not, actually. And, you know, that was the right move. You look at the Seattle Seahawks offense and the play calling and the conservatism and the, you know, you're just wasting Russell uh, Wilson's career. You got Metcalf. You've got the weapons that you do. You've got Lockett. You've got all these players. You've got to use them, and they don't. And it's unbelievable that they don't. And this is why they get bounced every year now. But we'll get into that later as well. So they're gone. The Rams move forward right now. 
Sean McVay said tonight that um, Aaron Donald's going to play. Said, yeah, I wouldn't expect to call him the Terminator. They said, I wouldn't expect the Terminator not to be playing in this football game. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup's going to suck it up. Wolford is not going to play. He He's going to be out. I know it's not confirmed, but Dr. Chow tells us that, yes, Wolford is, is not going to be able to play at all. So it is going to be Jared Goff. Everyone we talk to says, oh, the Rams are going to get smoked here, Steve. Yet the point spread was seven and it moved to seven and a half. Why? Yeah, I mean, the Packers off the bye and the Chiefs off the bye, obviously, are the two teams that, you know, have a nice edge here. They're rested. They're at home. Now, the big question we've talked about is, you know, how much is home field worth? Obviously, um, it's not worth as much as it's been in years past. Uh, Green Bay and Kansas City both would normally have a pretty good edge. Uh, I do think the weather could be an issue here for an L.A. team, even without fans in Lambeau. You know, we saw that Sunday night game a few weeks ago with all that snow and everything. It's, you know, if it's cold out there, it's going to be something L.A. is not used to. Um, I'm not seeing a huge public lean on this game uh, right now, but it does look like they're slightly back in the Packers. Uh, something else to keep in mind is sportsbooks are going to have a lot of liability with the um, the teasers in this game. Um, New Orleans and Tampa last week were big teaser plays. Um, both of them cover teasers. Now, the Bucks did not close. Uh, they covered the opening number at eight, but they didn't cover the closing number. New Orleans covered it barely. Had they gone for two there with no time remaining with the old extra point rule, it would have been a different story. Yeah, but yeah. Um, you know, teasers are always a concern for the books, and they kind of have to inflate these point spreads because I would think a lot of people are going to look to tease Green Bay down from seven to basically a straight-up win situation. So, Steve, you talked about uh, – we talked about this last week, uh, fading the consensus, and the Bills are one of the big consensus picks uh, last week. And as you stated, I'm looking at some of the consensus numbers out here right now, and it's, it's all pretty evenly matched. 56% Green Bay, 44% uh, L.A. Rams – 55% Buffalo, 45% Baltimore, uh, 53% Tampa Bay, 47% New Orleans, and surprisingly enough, amazingly enough, Steve, 60%. So that's the biggest consensus. The Cleveland Browns, the Browns yeah. of all teams, are the biggest public consensus, Steve. Yeah, I started, um, as we talked about last week, um, halfway through the season, late November, I started a weekly series for a Wager Talk on Wager Talk TV. You can find them all on YouTube, um, where I do the you know the three or four most public plays each week in the NFL. The first two weeks, I did it 7-0 fading those. So, obviously, got a pretty big following out of the gate. I had to keep doing it. We finished the regular season 16-4-1 fading those public plays each week. I did it for the playoffs last week. I wasn't really planning on doing it for the playoffs because there's so few games. But so many people asked me to do it. I went ahead and did it. And what I ended up doing last week on Friday, as we talked about, was I actually went over all six games. I told where there was and where there wasn't. And basically the sides and totals I mentioned, if you'd faded them last week, you went five and one. The only one that covered was the Saints that was somewhat public. And that was actually the only one I used as a best bet. I agreed with that one. So if you filtered that one out, which I did, uh, you would have been five and zero. Oh. But yes, yeah, so 21 and five since I started that video two months ago. And I don't think I've had a single underdog during that span game where the public's been heavy on a dog. Last week, they were on the favorites. You know, the two we mentioned on the show last Friday night was Buffalo and Pittsburgh. They were the two most heavy. Tampa Bay was third. All three failed to cover. Obviously, the Bills and especially the Steelers um, failed to cover. The Bucks. you know, were minus eight, went up to minus 10 or nine and a half before Smith was out. But this week, yeah, the most public play right now, not only is it the Browns, but they're an underdog, as you mentioned, um, so that's a real red flag. And then on top of that, they're playing the best team in the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs. What's interesting about that video I've been doing is I think half of the time during that 21-5 and run, a team still won but failed to cover, just like Buffalo last week. 
And guess what? The Chiefs yep. made that video probably six out of eight weeks in the regular season. They won every time but did not cover any of those games. So very interesting that the public is all of a sudden not on Kansas City when they've been all year. Maybe that's part of the reason. And last week they were definitely not on the Browns. Now all of a sudden they are. The public is fickle. Short in memory. Um, I'm looking at the consensus for the totals, and it's heavily shaded to the over uh, in every football game as far as the public uh, is concerned. Now, as far as Cleveland and Kansas City, now, Steve, what you know, were Kansas City just bored? I get it. You know, they're looking at the big picture. They, you know, it's, it's all about winning another Super Bowl. But the fact of the matter is, it's been a long time since they've blown somebody out. And, you know, we can, so I've been talking about it, Steve. We go back to November the 1st when they played the New York Jets. That's the last time they won by more than six points. It's almost incredible to believe that. So it's the last time that they won by more than six points. And, and I don't think they've really cared about a football game since they played the New Orleans Saints. I don't think they cared. They played the Atlanta Falcons. They seemed to sleepwalk their way through that football game. Their offense wasn't in sync at all. Um, they rolled over. They didn't play. You know, they, they started the backups against against the Chargers. Now they get a bye week. You know, I don't know. I get it. And, you know, teams with the bye always historically have played well and gotten it done at home, Steve. But I'll tell you what, the Chiefs haven't, like, played a real game in a long time. No, and like I said earlier, they've been the biggest money burner in the whole NFL, basically. They're, they're the best team in the NFL and they've been one of the biggest money burners in the NFL, which is something I've never seen in my 25 year. You know, most of the time, as you know, Gabe, if you win the game in the yeah. NFL, like 70, 80% of the time, you're going to cover. Basically, the point spread doesn't matter. Like, favorites either win and cover, or the underdog wins outright. And Kansas City just bucked that yeah. trend. I think they only covered once. Um, and that was actually the closing line against Orleans. When I did that video that week, it was three. So it was actually a push for the video. It, they, did clo- they did cover some closing lines against the Saints that Sunday, but. Yeah, I mean, the odds, you know, but it makes sense. They're the Super Bowl champ. They're very public. But that's what's so interesting about the game this week is theoretically they're in a good situation. Cleveland's in a bad one. The public hated Cleveland last week, but now all of a sudden they love Cleveland and they're jumping ship (laughs) on Kansas City. Um, You can probably imagine what that means historically. Yeah, yeah, blowout KC win. You know, thing. listen, KC finished 7-9 ATS this year, guys, but the success came early. They were on an ATS run last year, carried over into this year. And then, as Steve mentioned, they hit the wall. And as we've talked about, guys, they haven't covered, you know, they haven't um, they haven't blown anybody out since November the 1st. So now you get Cleveland coming in here. But, you know, the thing is, Kansas City, you know, we've seen Kansas City spot teams leads before. And Nick Chubb is a load to handle. He's a load to deal with. If Kansas, if, if, if Kansas City isn't careful and Cleveland calls a good game here, I think they can hang around. I'm not calling an outright win here, Steve, but, hey, when you're getting 10 points, that back door is swinging wide open. Yeah, I mean, the one game that sticks in my head, but both the Ravens and the Browns when we talk about them in the playoffs is that Monday nighter a few weeks ago. I mean, you know, there's just certain situations where teams can't stop the other one when it counts. You know, obviously teams can go down in garbage yeah, time like yeah. the Bears did against the Saints last week. You know, the Saints shut them down that whole game. Chicago got the field goal early off the turnover, and then the garbage touchdown with no time remaining. I mean, basically the Saints shut them out of that game. Um, but that Cleveland-Baltimore game in the second half, both teams had something on the line. They couldn't stop each other. Um, so I think Kansas City will definitely get their points. But Cleveland could definitely move the ball offensively, and they do have a good running game, which is something, you know, nowadays in the playoffs is always powerful. We saw Tennessee pull a couple upsets last year. You know, could Cleveland be the Tennessee Titans this year? We saw Tennessee go into New England and then go into Baltimore and beat the number one team in the league last year. You know, it'd be a very similar road if uh, Cleveland does it now.
You know, Cleveland uh, rushed for 148 yards a game, guys, and the, the Kansas City Chiefs give up uh, about 122 uh, yards a game on the ground. KC have a hard time stopping the run. Cleveland do a good job running the football. Uh, Baltimore and Buffalo, this number is interesting. I don't really think the Bills are getting enough respect. I guess it's because Baltimore is on this 6-0 and run right now, um, straight up and against the spread. What do you make of the point spread uh, here? Sitting at two right now. Yeah, you know, all those weeks I did the final, like, two months of the regular season, I don't think Buffalo ever made the public video once. Um, actually, I'm sorry, correction, they did. It was that Monday night game against New England in week 16, and they covered. You know, so I mentioned how those fading those teams went 16-4. and four. Buffalo is one of them that bucked the trend. That's how good the Bills were over those last couple months, you know, with the, what, six or seven straight point spread covers. But then as we talked about last Friday night, Buffalo was the most public play in the NFL last Saturday in the playoffs. Now, they did have the double-digit lead late, you know, and I, I don't want to really call it a yeah. backdoor cover because the Colts were winning outright in the first half for a while. But um, Buffalo definitely was in a position to cover that game uh, last week. The line, I thought, was inflated. I actually liked the Colts in that spot. But like you said, Gabe, Baltimore is a very uh, public team right now. I mean, they've covered now seven straight, playing excellent football healthy. Uh, they've won six straight, covered seven in a row. Uh, these are two really good teams. These are two teams I think nobody wants to play in the playoffs and, um, you know, we'll see if home field has any edge. We saw some fans there last week. I'm not sure it makes that much of a difference. Uh, but Buffalo does get to stay home where Baltimore has to travel for the second week in a row. And keep in mind, Baltimore easily could have lost that game at Tennessee. I mean, they're down 10 nothing in that game in the first half. Uh, it wasn't necessarily a dominating win. I'll tell you what. I, brought, I talked about it. Fans. Yeah, fans did a great job. The Buffalo Bills had covered eight weeks in a row. They don't cover as soon as there's fans there. <laughs> there's the fans <laughs> for you, people. Yeah. There's the fans for you. There's the fans for you. Um, I think there's going to be points in this game. 50 and a half is the total uh, with, uh, with Baltimore and, uh, and Buffalo sitting at two right now. Interesting dynamic. Great matchup. Fun matchup between Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. I think the Bills, listen, and you're right. Listen, Baltimore and also Baltimore had lost to Tennessee. They lost in the playoffs last year. They lost in the regular season this year. There was bad blood between them. Harbaugh and Vrabel don't like each other. Um, you know, there was like lack of handshakes and logo stomping on in Baltimore. And now Baltimore wanted revenge. There's just sort of a lot of dislike between them. And, you know, I, you know Baltimore, I think we're really focused on Tennessee. Now they've got a completely different dynamic that they're going to get into Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills get it done. I think it's going to be a fun game. And I think I don't think it's going to be easy for Buffalo. But I think the Bills uh, get by and it goes over the 50 and a half. So, Steve, interesting that – so the Bucks and the Saints play, and we always hear, well, it's tough to beat a team three times in the same year. And for the record, Tennessee and Baltimore was not the same year. It was calendar year, but it was the playoffs last year, and it was a regular season this year. But Tom Brady has lost both games this year to the New Orleans Saints. Cut him a little slack week one. That was their first game. No, no, uh, no preseason, et cetera. Unorthodox, um, you know, preseason. Uh, but they got absolutely smashed on that Sunday night, or 38-3. Tom Brady's second-worst performance of his career, Steve. And what's interesting, it's happened 21 times, guys. Uh, 21 games in the playoffs between teams that played each other twice that there's been a sweep in the regular season. And the team that won both games in the regular season, Steve, is 14-7 and in the playoffs. Yeah, the whole, um, you know, can't beat a team three times is tough. That comes up a lot in college basketball at the conference tournaments, and it's always been one of my favorite myths to dispel is because, first of all, more times yeah. than not, 
I know in college hoops, in the NFL, as you just mentioned, more times than not, the teams do sweep them three times. Now, the point spread might be a different story, but the, the reason they That's lost the first play. two is normally because they're the inferior team. They lose the third one as well more times than I not. So, I, I said that happens. Yeah, I don't put a document, but it's a bad matchup for Tampa. They've had trouble. Forward Merrill on the other side. Non-stop live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. What, are you not going to listen? We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Grid is available on the radio, internet, TV, satellite, and don't forget our mobile app. So if you're not getting it, you're just not trying. Keep it right here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Don't ruin your appetites. I'm buying lunch for everybody on me. What's the occasion? I'm rich. I won my bets on the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and I chunked it all in a hockey game, and I won that. All right, all right. How much did you win? 116 bucks. What a windfall. Yeah. Yeah, I still feel tingly. Late night anger management class. Kicking it here, Steve Merrill, level one. As that we break it down to Twisted Tuesday, we're just talking about uh, uh, we're talking about the matchup between Tampa Bay and New Orleans, and you're bang on, actually, Steve. I said the exact same thing earlier. You hear that cliche often. Wow, you know how difficult it is to beat the same team three times uh, in a year. And I'm thinking, I see it happen all the time. Like, we, you know, how many times have we seen Gonzaga beat St. Mary's three times in a year? <laughs> right? Why do they do it? Because they're better. Right? If you're the better team. You know, that whole, and, and, you know, that whole, well, it's hard to beat a team three times. You know, it's all about matchups, right? It's not about, you know, spots. It's about actual stylistic matchups. And as you stated, Steve, as we're going into the break, it looks like New Orleans matches up really well with Tampa Bay. They've got a great defense. They, they can shut down Tampa's passing attack. They can play smash mouth football on the offensive side of things. You know, look, dude, Washington gave uh, Tampa all they could handle. And it's the uh, late 640 Eastern start, which means it'll be Tom Brady's bedtime by, what, mid-third quarter, 830 <laughs> Eastern that we talked about. And, um, he gets grumpy. You know, hey, look, that, that yeah, he gets grumpy. It's a little sleepy. The, um, the Bucks are now, if you, if you count last week as a point spread loss, and I do, the line was eight earlier in the week, but it was pretty much nine, nine and a half all day. And then with Henneke in there, it was ten. You know, because Alex Smith was worth a point or two. So the Bucks didn't cover that as far as I'm concerned, which means it's now, I believe, one in um, – they're, they're two and seven straight up in the primetime games the last year and a half. Um, but obviously they had to cover most of those. And um, I think there's something – if you look at Brady's QB ratings in those games the last couple of years, they've been well below his season average. Um, and one of them was the Saints game, which he didn't play well. So there I think is. there's something to these late starts for Brady and All company. We do this 24 hours a day, working hard to bring you the news you can use. Get on the grid. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network.